you know, someone that's a preacher. Some people say he's a prophet. He's already a good man. And he come, he's coming into church. He's coming into the temple to come and worship like he normally does. But this is a special situation. This is a special situation. And so in this, in this special situation, keep going, keep going, keep going. In this special situation, we have here that he is experiencing the presence of the Lord Almighty. Now many of us, we have been in the place where we experience, but here he's experiencing glory, God Almighty in a special way. Here he starts out and says, in the year that King Isaiah died, this is who he was uh, counseling. This is who he was giving advice to. I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above this stood seraphims, and these are angels. And each one of them had six wings. With twain, he covered his face, and with twain, he covered his feet, and with twain, he did fly. Some people say, and with, his, with those wings, he covered his own face, and with the two, he covered his feet, and with the two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. This, in this experience, this experience we have, we have here in this experience that he is coming and seeing this, and he's like, I just came to church. But when he came to church and saw, was he saw this vision, this clear vision of the Lord. So when we get in this Isaiah 6, 1 through 8, I want us to, uh, to stay with me. Because we're talking about the vision for Victory Baptist Church in 2014. The biggest thing about this, the biggest thing that I want us to understand in this vision is that we have to have a clear understanding of God. You see here, Isaiah was looking and he was, you know, as we normally do, we come to church, we just try to get our praise on, whatever. But he comes and he experienced the presence of the Lord Almighty. And this is what the angel said, holy, holy is the Lord. His whole, his whole glory filled. Now, understand, some of us have been in that moment, right? We've been in that moment where we have come and we have experienced something that we can't even talk about. We don't understand fully. We, we have this understanding. We don't understand. But we know that the Lord was with us. We know that the Lord was, was in the building with us. There are times where we have cried and we don't know why we're crying. But we are crying because we know the Lord was on us in a special way. But understand, when we get further in this, understand. Isaiah was a good man. He was a man. He was a preacher. He was a counselor. He was all the different things. When I look at this verse, I, I pulled it out and I, I prayed about it because I saw myself in this verse in the chapter 6. Because for in my job as a lawyer, I get to advise some of our leaders in our community. But at the same time, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to be a minister. And so you have this dual role. But he had something special for Isaiah. Uh, uh, he had something special for him. And so we get in that verse 4. And it says, And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. What's your vision of the Lord? What is your vision of the Lord? God has asked us, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Are you seeking first the kingdom of the Lord? 
Many times, as we talked about last week, when Christmas comes, we have sought our own gifts. But have we given to God's kingdom? And I'm not talking about in a financial way. But have you given your heart and your soul and your life to God? Have you given that? Many times we want to be just like how we do the guy on the corner. I give him a dollar so that makes me feel good. The church doesn't need your dollar. What God is asking from you, give me your brokenness and watch what I'll do. So your clear vision of God. We first have to have this clear vision of God. Then we get to our next point. When you are in the presence of the Lord, when you are truly in his presence, do you have some shortcomings? See, some of us have come to a point where we don't look at ourselves like we should. We look at ourselves and we haven't examined ourselves. We have to have not only a clear vision of God, but we have to have a clear vision of ourselves. Well, what do I mean by that? This was a preacher, a counselor. He had it going on. But this is what he says. He says, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Because, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Let me give you another translation. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone and ruined. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. I'm ruined. I I'm not worthy to be in the presence of the Lord. This was a preacher. This was a minister. This was somebody who was, had a good job. He was in the king's palace. He said that the very mouth of him was unclean. He's saying that the very advice that I was given is not worthy. He's saying that who I am is not up to snuff. When was the last time you examine yourself? See, many times we think our stuff don't stink. See, you know, if you, if you go around and you don't think your stuff stink, you go around a lot of places, don't you? But if you thought you were a little stinky, you don't put your arms up for everything, do you? Amen? Can somebody hear me right now? If you didn't take a bath that day, you ain't going to go to everybody's shop. You're just going to hit the drive-thru and go back to the house. Amen? You ain't going to get out and McDonald's and be all stinky and do all that. But some of us have lived a life like that. We think, you know what? I ain't take a bath. Yesterday I ain't take a bath last week. I'm going to go out like I still smell like uh, Chanel or Tommy Hilfiger. I still smell good. And God is saying, have you examined yourself? See, God is in the holy place. He is in the building. Holy, holy. His whole presence is filling this building. And when we come, have I examined myself? Have I examined myself? Have I looked in the mirror and saw what the real reality is? Now, when we get later on to the vision of victory, pastor's going to say, I need y'all to pray for me by losing weight. But I want y'all to understand just like anybody who's in sin, anybody who's struggling, you don't see the real reality of what you're doing. Right? You don't see the real reality of what you're doing. All you see is what you think it is. See, when you get in the mirror, and, and some of us who have alcoholism problems, you don't see how drunk you really look. You just think, no, I'm doing all right. When you got the cigarette in your mouth that's causing your lungs to, to, to contract and work harder, you don't see what that really is doing to your body. You just think you look cool like you look like 
uh, Humphrey Bogart out of uh, Casablanca. Or you look like, you know, Samuel Jackson. No, I'm looking cool. You don't know me. I'm real cool. You don't know you're killing yourself. Some of us who, you know, we get all angry at the Verizon store at AT&T and we cussing everybody out in there. You know what? You go, boop, boop, boop. Give me all these minutes. Boop, boop, boop. And we boop. And you think, you know what I look like? I look like I defended myself. No, no, no. You don't charge me that high of a bell. No. You look crazy. Yeah. Some of the folks that have went viral didn't know they were looking like that. They're like, I went viral. I look a mess. Yes, you look a mess. But in your view, you didn't see yourself like that. Now, go, come back, come back. In my view of my sin, I didn't think I looked like that. But when I get in the presence of the Lord, the real presence of the Lord, it's going to take me up. It's going to make me move like, oh, that wasn't really right. Some of us have just left somebody's house that we shouldn't been in their bed. We thought that was cool. We thought he loved me. No, baby, if he loved you, put a ring on it. He don't love you. I'm just keeping it real this morning. I'm keeping it really real because this is the thing. We try to mask our pain. We try to mask our, our, our shortcomings. And God is saying, when you come in my presence, I get real with you. I, I, I take everything that you got off. I take it off. I take it off and I can look at you at your full nakedness, your full heart, and all the insecurities that you have, all the shortcomings that you have. I get with you. Now, when I get with you, I don't leave you there, though. See, some folks, they leave you out there butt naked and say, I keep on moving. But God said, I get with you and I'm going to mend that brokenness and I'm going to get with you. I'm going to mold it. I'm going to do some things with it. But we have to first realize that you know what? I got some problems. Do you, how we realize that? This man's in the glory of God and saying, I'm not worthy to be here. How you realize you're not worthy? But do you realize you have a God that loves you so much, he wants you in his very presence. He does not need you to exist, but he wants you to be with him. He does not need you, but he wants you to be a co-heir with his son. Not just a stepson, but a co-heir adopted. That means I chose you. He wants you. And so we have to have a clear vision of ourselves. So when we go from the clear vision of God, ourselves, the next thing we have to understand, we're in the center or in the midst of people. So we have to go to that next point of we need a clear vision of our church and community. We need a clear vision of our church and community. I want to deal with the church in a second. I want to deal with community. Many times... What we say is that, you know what, that's their problem, not my problem. I close my door. That is not a Christian ethic. That's not God. That's, that's our flesh. That's what Satan really wants us to believe. Well, Shamika, they're struggling, that's her bad. Uh, uh, Susie over here, not doing right, that's her bad. Tyrone went to jail again, that's his bad. God's saying for us as a church, us as a Christians, we are supposed to mourn, we're supposed to struggle, we're supposed to praise, we're supposed to cry together. We are a body, not separate. If you hit my toe, the rest of my body going to feel it. You hit my pinky toe, my brain has said, oh my goodness. You, you ever walked at night and, and you trying to get to the bathroom? There's two things you trying to watch out for, especially my ladies, right? First of all, you walk in the dark. 
And you try not hit that toe on that on that bedpost. Because you hit that toe on that bedpost, you're going to be like, oh, Lord Jesus. And you might not say, Lord Jesus. You might say, mm-hmm. And, you, and so you, after you did that, now you're just trying to inspect my married ladies. You try and get to the toilet, and then if you hit this other, you might wake that brother up. Like, I told you too many times. But see, you have felt what? Your toe communicated with your hands that communicate with your brain, that communicate with your mouth, that say, oh, Lord, my toe hurt. Then when you got to the bathroom, your body, when you sat down, and some other brothers, sometimes we forget, we leave the toilet seat up on ourselves. When you sat down and you went splash, splash, your whole body said, now I'm wet. Lord, mercy on my soul. Your whole body has communicated. What am I trying to say? When Tyrone goes to jail, it should communicate to the rest of the body, oh Lord, we need to help Tyrone and his mother and his children and whomever else. Oh Lord, I see Shamika struggling again. Let's help her. Not talk about her, but help her. Help lift her up. Encourage her. Equip her. Bring her into the fold. Oh Lord, we need to help so-and-so. That's what should happen. Too many times we like, uh, we do the Heisman. Oh, get back. Oh, get back. And God's saying, that's not going to work. What's going to work is the reeling in. We got to reel in our brothers and sisters. So we got to have that clear sense of our community. Well, what about the Roseland community? Well, we got to have a clear sense. We have a community of people that is asking and begging for God to be in the place. We have a community that's saying, I want there to be a message about Christ on this campus. That means, so if, if we are hearing that victory, that means victory, we need to get out there and do it. We are here to stand in that gap. We are here to be that one. We are here to stand and, and not worry about what people going to say and this and that. Too many times we worry about the outside people and that what God himself saying. Right. See, too many times we are worried about, well, what would that look like my friends saw me? Baby, do you understand what would it look like if Jesus started about like that? If Jesus said, well, what would it look like if my disciples left me? I better not get on the cross. Maybe we'll do that next year, Lord. Maybe we'll do that next year, Father. Maybe we'll do that 10 years from now. Mo, you know what? I just, I forget it. We don't got to do it. God, Jesus didn't operate like that. He says, I do this for the glory of the Lord. I do this out of obedience to my Father. We have to do the same thing. We have to get Christ-like in our mind. We have to be about the Father's business and not the business of the world. God is asking us, do you care about this community? Do you care? God wants you to know that he cares. To the least you do to them, you do to me. What you're doing to your brothers and sisters, you're doing to me. And so we get into this, this next thing. The vision for victory, Baptist Church in 2014. The vision for this church is that what I see is us getting out there. Getting out there telling people, not just about Jesus, but telling them about the love of Jesus. And if everybody comes in, fantastic. But my goal is, we should always be out there. We should always be out there. People should know about Jesus Christ. When people see you, they should know, you know what, they go to victory. You know when the Mormons come up here with their white shirts and, and a black tie? Somebody know, oh, that's a Mormon. You got your victory t-shirt on. They should say, you know what, they go to victory. They should know something about you. It should be something about you that you speak. 
volumes. Do you not understand we are the living message of the Lord Almighty? God is saying, well, are you going to tell? Now this is the other thing. If you want to start a real revolution, you only need about 10% of the population. You don't need everybody. Because that 10%, that's a mighty work. What does that mean? There are 650 units. And the 350 on this campus, 100, 100 my seniors, and then Monarch Carroll, which is just right out there, 100. 650 all together. I'm praying that at least out of 150, 65 of them will be members of the Rosen community. Now, we already got a, a good head start already. We got about 9 to 10. So God is already saying, okay, you got you, got you now, you got to get you 55 more. God is saying this. You want to see crime go down. You want to see some things change. You got to go and start preaching the word to not just bring them here, but you got to come to the door. You just can't come here. You got to go to the park. You just can't come here. You got to go to the grocery store. You got to go where people are. God didn't say, come on to heaven let me save you. He came down in that manger some 2,000 years ago to save us. He didn't say, come up here, up yonder. He said, I go down there to save them. And then he got up on that rugged cross, on that barren hill, all by himself, down here. Yeah. So we got to get down there. That means sometimes you got to go in some places that don't look so good. Sometimes you got to get with some people that don't look so good, don't smell so good, don't talk so well. But you know my God can make broken stuff fix. He's a perfect fixing man. So that's our first thing, right? So our membership to increase. And this is the other thing. I never, at the beginning of this church, I said we would not be a church of church hoppers. We'll be a church of converts. What does that mean? We will have those that will come to Christ and serve Jesus Christ as their present Savior. Last year, well, this year, still in this year, right? We had 10 candidates. Nine were baptized. For the Southern Baptists, they had 100 people baptized in the state of Texas. Now, I want you to think about that. We had nine. The little old church on the move, trying to do it. Nine out of the 100 of all of Texas. We had nine. We could have had the 10, but I said I want us to hold back. This is what we're going to do. We were baptizing in South Dallas, because as you can see, there's no pool around here. What we have done now, we are investing now in our own portable baptism. We're going to start baptizing right here in Rosen Homes, and we're going to have a testimony. Our first baptism is going to be on Easter Sunday. We're going to be baptizing Miss Crystal, our other Crystal, Jeremiah, and whomever else. We're going to be baptizing on that Easter Sunday. Now, there's nothing like that. You're on Easter Sunday, the same day that your Lord and Savior got up. You're about to mimic his getting up out the water. As you die, we walk with him. That is what's going to happen on Easter Sunday here at Victory. We are going to be a testimony. So we are praying for 20 more. Then we're going to ask our church to tithe. Now, why, why, why are we talking about some tithes? See, that's, that's where we get a little cross with the church, don't we? He's talking about some money. No, pastor ain't talking about no money. Pastor talking about faith. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Faith, in our, and when I say tithe, I ain't talking about just your money. I'm talking about your time. See, we have 168 hours. Can you devote 10, 17 hours to the Lord? You put church part of 17, but for those four months, I'm asking for us all to financially and time-wise tithe. I'm believing God is going to do some breakthrough things in this church. 
I know God is going to do some breakthrough things in the church. But we have to be fully committed. See, I'm going back to the small things. I'm not saying let's go uh, build us a church. Let's go get a van. No, I'm coming back to the small things. We have to get the small things right for God's going to give us the increase. See, too many times we were asking for the Lexus, but you ain't taking care of the, the Corolla. You, you want the, the mansion, but you ain't taking care of your shack. Your shack should be the cleanest shack in the neighborhood if you really want that mansion. Your, your Crowler should have the oil change every 3,000 miles if you truly want that Lexus. You say you want a man, but you got to start taking care of your relationship with Christ first before you're going to get that man. I'm just keeping it really real today. See, this is what God saying. Take care of the small things before you get to the big things. So we're back on these small things. Then we're going to have us a Daniel fast throughout the year. Now, this is the thing. We're going to break it up. Last year, we did 30 days. And some of us, including pastor, said, oh, I lost weight. We made it by the weight loss. I lost weight. Thank you, Lord. He helped me. I lost the weight. I'm, I'm coming here Sunday. I lost five pounds, Lord. And the Lord took all that back. Said, it wasn't about that, brother. Took all of it back and gave me more. Anyway, he didn't give it. I gave it to myself. So anyway. We're going to take the Thursday before the first Sunday, Thursday to that Saturday, to fast. Our first fast is about the 150 members coming to victory, 65 of them being from the Rosa Home community. We're going to fast this Thursday, this Friday, this Saturday. Now, what does the Daniel Fast look like? Daniel Fast basically simply means just become a vegetarian for three days. That's all it really means. If you have some health issues, things of that nature, okay. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Let's move forward. But the biggest thing that we do for those three days, we pray. We pray together. We pray in unity about this situation. We have a prayer in July. And that'll be the one day we do a true, true fast. July 3rd, right before July 4th. We're going to be praying for the fathers of our children to come to Christ. Do you not understand that many of the, the children's fathers that come in this church don't know Christ? So that's why I said it's going to be all day fast. Because I know it's some breaking of chains that's got to happen. There's some bonds that got to come down. And I'm asking for some restorations to happen. But the most important relationship that I'm asking them to have is with Christ Jesus. Not to fake it, to funk it. But to be really real with it. To really give their heart to Christ. And so that's one of the things there in our Daniel fast. Then we're going to focus on our discipleship, transformational uh, Tuesdays, our Bible study. We're going to start our reading program from ages 2 to 13, our Sunday school program. And we're going to move forward in that. Then we go into our one-to-one. -one. This is going to be the one-to-one, -one, those who have experienced, I hope y'all had a good time. I've had a good time. It's something that Vern Ross has brought to us, and I believe it's been a blessing. We're going to have all our candidates for baptism go through that. What does that mean? You're going to have a one-to-one -one person, a person-to-person, -to, -person, to talk to you about Christ, to go step-by-step, -step, to, to, to talk to you, to, to build you up. Before you get baptized, many times we get ready to dunk. Let's dunk them. And like, but they don't know nothing about Jesus. Let's dunk them. But we're going to break it down. And then we're going to have, we're breaking out our children's classes into three children's classes based on age. And the children's church now will be for ages two to five. We're going to focus on our little ones to grow them in Christ. Then our older ones, we're going to grow them here in our church. 
We're going to grow them to, to worship, to do all these different things. We're not going to have playtime back there, as you see at some places. No, it's going to be something where they're going to learn about Christ. So we go from our discipleship, then we have fellowship. We have our Superman Summit, which will be where men come together and worship and fellowship together. Our Divas uh, Fellowship, which I think they've already had two or three. They just outdoing us too much. So our men got to step up. But our Divas Fellowship is where the women get together and fellowship together. We won't have a mom's luncheon on, in May, May 3rd. We won't have a mom's luncheon. Well, we celebrate and encourage and equip our mothers. We won't have a dad's cookout. They're going to be at the pastor's house. We're going to have a cookout. We have a good time just as men who are dads. And then we're going to have our kids' outings. In each age group, we're going to have an outing for each one of them. Oh, on Tuesdays uh, at 6.30. Yes, ma'am. 6.30 every Tuesday. Not, not this Tuesday, cause New Year's, but next on the 7th. I believe that's the 7th. Every Tuesday, we are here every Tuesday. Yes, Jeremiah. Are you just stretching? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, brother, why you put me out there? Now, this is the biggest thing. We, many of the people who have been here, because we were evangelizing, we had kind of got off track of that. We're just like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this. No, every first Saturday, we're going to be evangelizing. Now, November is our evangelism month. That month, every Saturday, we're going to be out there hitting the streets, knocking on your door. Like, hey, do you know Jesus Christ? How you and Jesus doing? We're going to be hitting it hard. And then, now, open up your bulletin for a second. Now, I just want y'all to know, Pastor, do work on this bulletin a little bit. So, you got in your bulletin called Cliffhanger. This is something for you to, to be chewing on throughout the week. Now, we're going to start a four-year Bible reading our Bible. I don't want to do it in one year, because some of us, we read in one year, we ain't read, you know, we just, it's like out the door, like, he said, what, beget who? I super some who? So we need some more time. So we're going to start this week reading Matthew 1-5. through five. It's going to be a four-year process. Then I want you to tell one friend about victory. This is the reason why I give you the cliffhanger, so you can chew on something throughout the week. Some of us, I think we're not in our bulletin. Get in the bulletin. It's something deep in there. We have our uh, evangelism. This is coming up um, Saturday at 11 a.m. Then we're praying fasting. It tells you what we're praying and fasting about. The cliffhangers will tell you what we're doing throughout the week. So I want us to be definitely into our cliffhangers. And so our outreach, we will feed this community at least four times. On Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, Friends and Family Sunday. We will have our snow cone evangelism, which some of us met there. We will have our victory in the park. This is what victory in the park is going to look like. We're not going to have church on August 31st here in, in the rec center. We're going to have church right over there at the park. We're going to have us some barbecue sandwiches, some drinks, and we're going to preach it up, praise it up. We're going to tear it up. We're going to do it for the Lord. But we're going to be out in the community on that Labor Day weekend so people can come to hear Christ Jesus. Then we have our Harvest Sunday. Harvest Sunday is different than friends and family. You invite all your friends and family. And we're hoping that the mayor will be there for that day. But Harvest Sunday is for all those that you know don't have a church home and or are not saved and don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we're going to feed them that Sunday. And nothing like feeding. That's one reason why Jesus fed 5,000. He know folks come out. And so we're going to be using that as a vehicle to bring folks to hear about Christ Jesus. That's all it is for us. So then, now why do this? Why do all this? Why do this? 
our mission. We are a community of believers that seeks to lead people to Jesus and membership in his family. We pursue intimacy with God and train believers to become disciples of God's word. We seek to build a great community of believers who will stand for social justice, who will assist the poor, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, seek to seek the Lord to heal the brokenness in our community. We do this because God has called us to do it. I don't do it because I want to feel good. I call it because in Amos, he says, I don't want to hear your worship because you don't care about the poor. I don't want to hear your worship because you don't want to hear about the widows. I don't want to hear your worship because you don't want to hear about the brokenness. We got a church and we can have all kind of entertainment, get the, the, the lights and the fire and, and all the stuff going, everybody drumming. But with, outside this community, if nobody knows about this church, we ain't doing nothing. We're not doing anything. God is saying to us, you must care about the community. This is what we're going to do ultimately. We're going to evangelize this zip code, 75204. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a great difference four or five years from now. That's how I'm looking forward. But as of right now, we're going to turn Rosalind up, 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 upside down, 180 style. We're going to be up in here and we're going to be worshiping. We're going to be praising. We're going to tell people about Christ. And whoever else wants to come on board, you come on board. But we are about transforming lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not Mark Morrell singing who's going to do it. It's going to be Jesus Christ himself that's going to take people out of the hell pit that they're in. And he's going to put them on a solid rock. And you know who that solid rock is? It's Christ Jesus. God said to Isaiah, he said, who will go for us? He said, here I am. He said, here I am. Give me that slide. Here I am. He said, keep going. Keep going. I want to keep going. He said, here I am. Send me. Too many times we want somebody else sent. Well, send someone so they better at that. Send this person. I think they can sing. Send someone so they know more about the Bible. Don't you believe you have a God that will empower you and instruct you and get you ready for the opportunity before you? God wants me to go and win us to the cashier at Walmart. God wants me to invite the girl from Kroger's in the Starbucks. God wants me to go invite the sorry joker around the corner. God wants me to invite everybody. You know what? Let God do everything. Oh, he asked me lay seeds. He said lay seeds. He asked me to grow it. He asked me to plow the ground. He asked me to get the sun shining. He asked me to pray for rain. Oh, God told me to do lay the seeds, baby, because I am the rain. I am the sun. I'm all of this. And understand I'm God. I'm Alpha and Omega. But all I need to know from you, can I hear when I say who will go for us? Can somebody this morning say, send me? Who will go for us? Send me. Who will go for us? Send me. See, that's our mission this year. Send me. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to be that witness for the Lord. Whatever should come my way. Now I want y'all to go back. 2013 been a rough year for victory in some instance. Kelly got sick, didn't know what was wrong with the girl. Girl had to have emergency surgery. What's wrong with that? You're 30 some years old and we gotta go to the hospital again, again, again. Some surgery. And what I'm trying to tell you, Satan don't want you to be prosperous. That's good. Satan don't want you to succeed in Christ's victory. That's good. We had this and that going on. People uh, lost mother-in-laws and mothers and, and, and saw brokenness in relationships. We went through all of that, but we're still here. You see, we went through all of that, 
Some of us thought we could have lost somebody. We went through all of that, but we're still here. God is saying, I have a mission and plan for you. You're still here. Some of us have been disappointed, but we're still here. He's saying, if you say, send me, I'm that same God that took care of Noah and said, tell your family to get in the boat. I got you. The rest of the world, I ain't got them. They got, they're gone. I'm that same God that told Moses, I'm spreading that Red Sea so that, that Egypt, the Egyptian power that's coming behind you, don't worry about them. You're going to walk on dry land and you know what's going to happen to the Egyptian power? I'm going to wipe them out. That same God, that same God that took care of David, in no business he should have slew that giant. But God was with him. He slew Goliath. That same God, that same God that took some poor folk and understand Mary and Joseph were broke poor. They were poor when they had Jesus. They were poor when they took him back to the temple. They were poor when they were even going to the cross. There were some broke people living in the hood. And God said, I got you. And you're going to raise my son. I got you. I got you. You're going to go all the way at age 12. And he's going to be preaching. Don't fuck me like, how does a 12 year old know all that? You're going to go and you're going to say, I lost him, I lost him. He will tell you a very powerful statement. I'm about my father's business. See, when you are on the sent me trail, I'm about my father's business. Nehemiah once said, when they were saying, come off the wall, Nehemiah. We need you to talk with us. And Nehemiah said, I have a great work to do. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to worry about the distractions of the world. How is this going? How is that going? I'm just going to be focused on my Lord Jesus Christ. The same Jesus that saved me. The same Jesus that died for me. The same Jesus that got up with all power for me. That same Jesus. Who will go for us? 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 Come on, victory. Who will go for us? We got to gain that send me attitude. Who will go for us? Who will go and talk to the single mother? Who? Who will talk to the brother who's broken? Who? Who will go and talk to the crackhead? Who? Who will talk to the, the one that's raising the grandkids and the great-grandkids? Who? Who will talk to the woman who's ready to give up her all life? Who? Who will say, come on to victory? Who? I'm telling you, send you, send me. Let us all worship Jesus Christ together. Amen. The doors of the church are open. Amen. I give myself away.